Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to say thank you so much for your Sabbath. Thank you for the opportunity we have to once again come and worship you. And God, I just ask that as we open your word, that you would guide us through this and that you would speak to our hearts in the ways that each one of us need to be spoken to. And I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. My name is Pastor Larissa. If you didn't meet me at my last sermon and don't know who I am, I am the new associate pastor here in Richland. And every time I go to preach, I'm going to do something unusual. I believe that when we come together, that we are coming together and standing on holy ground. And when Moses meets God in the burning bush, God tells him to do something very specific. He says, take off your shoes for where you are standing is holy ground. So I'm going to do just that. I'm going to take off my shoes because when we stand together with God, I believe that we stand on holy ground. And so our title for today is called Craving Broken Bones. Craving Broken Bones. And we're going to be going through Psalms chapter 6 today and looking at something in which David said in the Psalms. Famous last words. We sat in a circle, crisscross applesauce, on the stage at the campfire bowl. I can't mime it in. And one person stood in the middle, racking their brains for the question, what have I never done? And as this person was in the middle, they said something, and as I sat on the outside, I realized I have done that. So I got up and I ran, and but I didn't find a seat in time, which meant that I was the person in the middle. And I said these famous last words. I said, never have I ever broken a bone. Now, what I should have done in that moment is I should have stopped, knelt down, and knocked on the wood that, stood, that was beneath us. But I didn't. Our game continued on, and we kept playing. Fast forward to 10 hours later, little did I know that that would be the last time that I would utter those words, never have I ever broken a bone, and they would be true. So fast forward to 10 hours later, and we're playing capture the flag on the upper ball field at Camp Myvedon. I have one of my campers who has the flag, and he's booking it towards the other side. I'm running alongside him, trying to block anyone and everyone who is coming to get him out. And as I'm running, I lift up my right foot and I hear this loud pop. And so do the people around me. And as I put my foot down, I fall because the weight on my foot is too much. It hurt. I was in pain. I couldn't believe, like, what just happened? It just took one moment in this pop and all of a sudden, my ankle hurts. Well, that night, I continued back to the cabin. I could walk on it, so we really didn't think it that was that big of a deal. And it wasn't until later that night that the pain set in. It wasn't too bad. I took some ibuprofen, put some ice on it. Like, it's fine. The next morning, we were leaving to go whitewater rafting. You see, I was a counselor in the extreme camp at Camp Myvin as one of the counselors. And so we were leaving the next morning and five in the morning. So we got up and I really, 
I was like, I don't have time to see the nurse. She's not up. It's fine. We'll just go. And so we went whitewater rafting that day. And man, was I in pain all day long. So we come back and we back from this trip and I go and I see the medical staff and they're like, you know, the way you can move it, we're pretty sure it's a sprain. We'll give it a couple days and we'll see how it goes. So they put me on crutches. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on crutches. Crutches are one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. I've never fallen more than when I was on crutches. And so I was on crutches for the next few days and the pain still wasn't going away and it was still quite um, swollen. And they said, okay, Larissa, we're gonna send you in and you're gonna go get an x-ray. I was like, oh, I don't wanna get an x-ray. There's nothing wrong. I'm sure it's just sprained. I really don't wanna get an x-ray. I'm in extreme camp. Like if I go get an x-ray and something's wrong, I can't do my job. And they sent me in anyway, and I, they took the x-ray, and as the doctor was looking at the x-ray, he says, I think you have a break right here. This, this little tiny hairline thing, this little tiny crack is your break. And I was like, no, 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 I don't have a broken ankle. There's no way I can have a broken ankle. Well, at that time, my parents were coming through town um, to go to an event, and I called my family, and I said, I need you to come. You see, my dad is a radiographer, and he's used to taking these x-rays. Uh, and so he, they stopped by, and I'm like, I asked the doctor, can my, can my dad come in? <laughs> I'd like a second opinion that I trust. <laughs> and so he came in, and he pointed out, and he goes, yeah, Arissa, you broke your ankle. And I cried, and I cried. No, I can't have broken my ankle. No, 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 no. And everything inside of me resisted. I was in anguish. My heart hurt because I knew that I could not continue as the extreme counselor because they were putting me in a boot. Now, if you've ever heard or been to Camp Myvedon in the extreme camp, we do things like whitewater rafting, as I mentioned earlier, mountain biking, rock climbing, rappelling. And all of a sudden, this job that I had during the summer with a broken ankle, doing not even one of the extreme activities, but running during Capture the Flag, have taken everything away from me. And I was no longer able to continue my job. This bummed me out because the next week I had campers coming who were specifically coming because I was their counselor. And I was so bummed. Luckily, um, we were able to work out a deal and I was able to have a second person come on as a counselor with me and I was able to stay and not do the activities, but I was able to help co-counsel. But this was a moment that changed my life. Like I said, our message for today, the title is Craving Broken Bones. And I wanna just put a note in here. I don't actually crave a broken bone. Having gone through it once, never, never, never again. Or at least that's my hope. But I'm talking about here a spiritual broken bone, which we're gonna talk about a little later, or foreshadowing a little bit. 
as I said, we're going to be reading from Psalm 6. We're going to be talking um, about what that is about and what it has to do with broken bones. And if you know anything about Psalms, Psalms has been written by many, many, many different writers. But a lot of times it's attributed to David as he wrote the majority of it. And so Psalm 6 is David's, and we'll be looking at it and seeing how um, it relates to what we're talking about, about craving broken bones. So Psalm 6 is considered to be the first of seven penitential psalms. And what that means is it's these psalms are regret for one's wrongdoing. These are songs of confession and humility before God. And so let's read together in Psalm 6. We're going to read the whole chapter, which has 10 verses. So Psalms chapter 6, starting in verse 1, all the way to chapter 10. And I'm going to be reading from NIV. And this says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. Today we are going to be specifically looking at Psalms 6 verse 2, um, which talked about the bones. And so if you've ever had a broken bone, like I mentioned, you know the pain. I know I do. And just for kicks and giggles, because I think it would be rather entertaining, I want you to put in the chat if you've ever broken a bone and what bone it was. I want to see what bone have you broken? What's the story behind it? I'm curious to see how many of you guys have broken a bone. And how many of you get to say, never have I ever broken a bone? So when someone is usually suspected of breaking a bone, what they do is an x-ray is ordered and they go to have an x-ray. And the doctor looks at the x-ray just like in what happened to me and he determines the severity of if you broke the bone and how bad that break was. And usually there are two options for repairing the injury. There's one where you're put in a cast or a boot. Um, In my case, I was put in a boot. And there's second, which is usually surgery. And when a break requires surgery, there are plates and screws that are used to repair this broken bone. In extreme cases, there can be lots of different plates and screws that are used for repair. If the outcome is good, the surgeon is praised for how well of a job he did or she did. And sometimes a person can be left with a permanent disability such as a limp or maybe if they broke an arm, their arm is crooked because of the severity of 
the bone break. And when we, instead of saying, oh, the surgeon did well, we say, well, the surgeon did the best they could. The best they could. Let's look back at Psalm 6, 2. So in Psalm 6, 2, it says, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. David likens the pain that he's feeling after sinning to having a broken bone. Pain from broken bones can last a lot longer than just a few weeks. Sometimes the pain can last years. If there's plate and screws, that is a permanent reminder and a constant reminder of the pain of the broken bone. David's pain from sinning is so severe that his bones are in agony. In order to really understand why David is in so much agony and why he likens sinning to breaking of bones, we need to go back and understand what exactly is sin and why is it such a big deal for David. As I mentioned earlier, Psalm 6 is, one of the, is the first of seven of the penitential psalms, which is regret for one's wrongdoing. And in the beginning of the Bible, we have Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, as we have come to know, are the first people who sinned. They're told that there were, they could have any kinds of fruit from any tree, but they were not to eat the fruit that came from the tree, which was of good and evil. And God told them that if they ate the fruit, it would give them the ability and that they would have sinned. And so we see Adam and Eve took and they ate of this fruit. Now I want to make it very clear, church, that the physical eating of the fruit was not the sin. I know a lot of times it's been portrayed that when they eat of that said fruit that all of a sudden doom and gloom comes, but it was not the physical eating of the fruit that caused the sin. The sin stemmed from the distrust of God's goodness. They distrusted God's goodness, and that was the original sin. When we sinned, when humanity sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tarnished God's image in us. And the more that sin enters in, and the more that we as humans sin, the further away we move from the image of God that we've been created in. So sin ultimately leads to separation from God. So sin equals separation. Sin equals separation from God. But wasn't David and God close? Isn't there somewhere it says in the Bible that like David was like the ultimate friend of God? Let's go ahead and turn there. You're going to be turning to 1 Samuel 13, 14. Once again, that is 1 Samuel 13, 14. And it says, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart. This is when he's talking about David. And has appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the command of the Lord. David is described as a man after God's own heart. Yet we also see that some of the titles associated with David include murderer, liar, cheater, just to name a few. 
So why is David in so much pain? It comes down to the realization that David's sin has separated him from God. It's a barrier between him and the Lord. It's a barrier. Craving broken bones. From what we've learned, broken bones is nothing to crave. It's painful and it hurts. However, the pain of being separated from God is far greater than any broken bone. When we sin, we separate ourselves from God. Church, I don't know where you're at. And I know it's painful to be separated from you right now. It's painful to not be able to meet. But do you feel the same pain when it comes to sin? Does it cause you pain to be separated from God? To have sin come in between you and God as a barrier? It's my hope that the pain of the barrier of sin from God is greater than the pain of us not being able to meet together. While we long to be together in community, I hope that you long for Jesus even more so. Until then, I hope, until we're able to meet again, I hope that you're able to grow all the closer to our Lord and Savior, to Jesus, and to take away that barrier of sin. Antonine de saint Exulpery, and this is French, so if I didn't say it right and you know French, I apologize, um, was a French aviator and writer whose works are unique to a testimony of a pilot and a warrior who looked at adventure and danger with a poet's eyes, according to Britannica. He once said that if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather the wood, divide the work, and to give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. If you want to have a relationship with God, church, I want to encourage you to don't try to do things to earn his love. Instead, ask for forgiveness and yearn for that barrier of sin to be taken away so that you can come face to face with Jesus. Ultimately, David also had a moment that changed his life forever. He was a man after God's own heart, not because he was perfect. It wasn't because he was perfect, but because he was constantly asking God to take away the barrier of sin, the sin that was separating them. I crave spiritual broken bones, not because it feels good, but because it reminds me of the need that I have for Jesus. My prayer for you, church, is that God afflicts the comfortableness with spiritual broken bones in your life and comforts those of you who are feeling afflicted by the spiritual broken bones that you have. I love the way that Psalm 6 ends. Let's read it in verses 8 through 10. This is the ending of Psalm 6. So Psalm 6, verses 8 through 10. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy, and the Lord accepts my prayer. 
All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. God hears you. God knows your pain. Run to him, the greatest surgeon of all, and he will be the one to repair what is broken. I crave broken bones for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we ask that you would take away the barrier of sin. God, forgive us for what we have done, for the ways in which we have dishonored you and created separation between you and us. God, help me to crave you as much as I crave to be back in community with my Richland Church family. I love you, Lord, and I ask that you would continue to come after me and to love me as much as you do. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. God bless you this week, and go in peace.